What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Music Business Dreams podcast. This is episode 41, and today we're doing something a little bit different. So I'm not sure how many of you will remember this, but a while back, I actually gave out three free consultations to listeners of the show. Um, All you guys had to do was email me, and I chose uh, a list of winners from those who emailed me asking the specific questions that I told them to respond to. So um, today on the podcast, I actually recorded those uh, consultations, and I'm going to let you guys hear one of them in its entirety. Now, if you guys are interested in a consultation or if you're interested in some of our coaching programs, let me know. Um, You can email me uh, at kdmr or excuse me, it's info at kdmrmusic.com. We've got some really exciting things uh, coming in the next month or so, um, and I'd love for you to be a part. Um, But this is a little bit of a preview of what you're going to get inside those coaching programs. So I hope you enjoy my conversation with uh, Music Business Dreams listener, Adam. So you say he's an urban pop artist. Who would you say he sounds like? Uh, like a Post Malone, um, Charlie Puth kind of thing. Okay. And just looking over his Facebook, you've got over 9,000 fans on Facebook. Um, so you guys seem to be doing relatively well there. Um, what well, are you, said, what are, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. So I, I wanted to hear what you feel like the hangups were or what, what's not translated. Well, I specialize in running Facebook ads. Uh, like, I do it professionally. Okay. So the only thing, so I knew how to, like, one of my specialties is getting people likes and running um campaign. Like, these are, like, real likes. These are real people, people who send us messages. And, you know, it's it's a, it's a there's a science and an art to it, you know. Uh-huh. And so he has an above-average number of likes. Um but we want to build that up uh, to convert into, uh, like, most of those likes are, like, not Los Angeles. Like, he's in Los Angeles. Uh, we're both in Los Angeles. And we want to, like, get a real uh, Ice Cube said, um, if you're known nationally or internationally and you don't even have a traction in your own backyard, then you're not going to go very far. So that's what we're trying to focus on right now is trying to get that movement going in our own backyard. Okay. Does he perform live? He does. Okay. And what kind of audience or how what kind of audience are you guys seeing when you perform live? Well, we met at a karaoke bar, believe it or not. Um he was singing so we have a bit of a following at the karaoke bar, but um, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't feel like it's not what it could be. Got you. And so you said you guys, your audience is not is mostly not in L.A. Where do you find, have you found like there are concentrated pockets of people in different places or is it kind of all over? No, all over. Got you. And is it mostly the U.S. or is it international as well? International as well, not just the U.S. Okay. So when you guys are running ads, where do you typically target the ads to? Worldwide. Okay. Well, well, now, now when we're doing ads, 
um, is only for L.A. because we're trying to focus on L.A. And mainly the part of L.A. that we're in. And so with those ads you're running in L.A., how how have the results been compared to, like, your worldwide audience? I mean, obviously the leads would probably be a little bit more expensive, but what kind of, kind of stats are you seeing coming back? Yeah, well, interestingly, when I first started, um, they were, like, when we were first starting with the getting him um, ads and everything, it was costing us almost, like, half a penny because people were just engaging with it so much. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we ran it for Los Angeles specifically, which is a higher market, you know, more competitive. And we were getting charged 70 cents per in, um, interaction. And then um, I took a break for a couple of months. I learned some stuff and revisited it. And now we're getting closer to like four cents per interaction or whatever. But um, I don't know. It's still not converting in my opinion. Like we have a a new song coming out in two weeks and I'd really like to see that um, like hit. You know what I'm saying? Gotcha. And when you say convert, what is the conversion that you're looking for? I guess that's a good question, Brandon. Um, I don't know if I should send them to a Spotify link or a YouTube link. Well, we do have a video coming out. I should mention it. So I should send them to the YouTube video. Yeah, that makes sense. So the, the, big, the biggest thing with Facebook ads is they can be a money pit if you don't have the fuller picture of your your marketing, right? I think Facebook ads work the best um, when you have a product to sell because then it becomes a very simple equation, okay? This much into the ad platform nets me this much in sales. Um, and, you know, you can track people across with the Facebook pixel. You can track them from the ad to your website to the sales page to checkout, so on. Um, with with music though, it's a little bit more difficult because I know, yeah. You know, because a lot of times if you're trying to get people to buy music, they're not buying music from your website. They're gonna buy they're gonna stream it on Spotify, they're on Apple, you know, they might you might be able to send them to a YouTube video, but why would you do that? Because you could just post the video on Facebook and send them straight to the Facebook video. Right. That's true. So it's it's difficult I shouldn't say it's difficult. It just takes a little bit more thought when you're doing it for musicians because a lot of musicians don't run their business like the typical business would that's trying to get into online marketing. Um, Now, okay. with your, like, I guess what I want to try to do, I think the best way to do it is to take what's working and try to tweak it, right? So with your like campaigns, what was it that you were – was it a, was it a video views campaign that you were running? Was it just like a picture or what? How are you getting people uh, into the page? I just put up, um, like, uh, uh, a generic photo. and I Because these people don't know him at all. I'm pretty much cold, like, marketing, you know, and I'm just putting up a picture saying, hey – like it's like a picture of like a musician or whatever or maybe him um on stage performing 
and it'll the text will say something like, click like if you like urban pop, and then it'll market it only towards urban pop fans, so it's like a no-brainer for them, you know? Gotcha. But so, what it does is it gets us in the door because once they like the page, they get introduced to his music, you know, and they, they stick around. And when they like the page, what kind of responses are you seeing from people? Do you see like a bunch of posts like, oh my gosh, this music is really good or how, what do you, what are you typically seeing once people get onto the page? Uh, we get, we get some of that, but not as much as I'd like. Got you. So I think this is like a year ago. So some of it's died down too. Oh, okay. I think the issue, the biggest issue I'm hearing from your strategy so far is you're targeting fans of a genre, but you're not making fans of Casey. Okay. And, like, so I'm looking, you guys have, you've got nine or almost 10,000 likes on your Facebook fan page, but you've got 52 YouTube subscribers. And so... um which is not to say that any of the engagement that you have so far is fake, but what it means is that people aren't engaged enough to follow you across the web. Right. So, like, um, for example, you know, my page, the KDMR Music page, I just started really about a year ago, like, just kind of putting content out. Then I went through some family stuff. So I didn't start really consistently posting videos until the 4th of July this year. Mm-hmm. Ever since the 4th of July, there's been a video out every Monday and a podcast every Wednesday, right? So the KDMR Music Facebook page right now has 420 likes. And it looks like it says my my post reached 1,400 people this week. Um, and take that for what it's worth because, I mean... Facebook page, Facebook likes aren't really an indicator of how well you're doing as far as sales are concerned. Really? I think that's what, you know, we've both seen that in our businesses, right? Now, if I go to the YouTube page for KDM on Music, um, I've got 485 YouTube subscribers right now. But those people didn't all come from Facebook. A lot of them came from this one video I posted about the Music Modernization Act that got like 8,000 views. Mm. And then my email list or the Indie Club, um, the Facebook group, that's got about 200 members in it. And so it's like what happens is, you know, typically you'll see one pla- – it's, it's a funnel. So maybe my YouTube is the bigger platform. People will trickle across. They might follow me on Facebook. Then they'll find the indie club, they'll join that, they'll jump on the email list, and eventually they'll get on a call like you're on right now. And when I'm looking to evaluate my results, the I mean, yeah, all those other numbers make, you know, mean something. I want to know how many Facebook likes I have. I want to know how many YouTube subscribers I have, you know, because I want to see if that's working, right? If I got 1,000 podcast listens last month, only 500 this month, then that tells me that either the guests weren't compelling or I didn't promote it enough, mm-hmm. right? So, I mean, that data is important, 
So I'm not ever going to say only focus on sales. No, you should look at everything. But the number that means the most to me at the end of a year is how many calls did I jump on? How many sales did I get? Right. How, how many people bought the book, you know? Mm-hmm. So the best, when I'm looking at what you guys are doing on Facebook, I think it's great that you um, are running ads. I think the biggest issue was when you ran the ad, the ad didn't tell the people anything more about Casey. If you mm-hmm. say, oh, like, if you like Urban Pop, maybe they're expecting to hear different Urban Pop or something of that sort. Whereas, let's say instead of doing the static image campaign, you did a video views campaign. Mm-hmm. And you had like a really high, uh, a nice like recap video from a, a live show that he did. Or a performance video, because I mean, you're producing the music, so maybe he's got a song, maybe there's like an in-studio video of him singing, uh, or something like that. And then you can still target urban pop fans with the mm-hmm. ad, but then you create a headline that's just like, I don't know, is this the best urban pop song ever, or did urban pop affect you like it affected him, or whatever, you know. I don't want to be like super clickbaity, but... Mm-hmm. What that does is, though, when they see the video, that introduces them to who Casey is. So now when they click that like button, they're doing it because they like Casey, not just because they like Urban Pop. Right. And then when you start to, I mean, you can get into retargeting and stuff like that. But then you can say, okay, hey, if you like this video, you know, you'll probably love my EP. Here, jump on my email list so you can get my EP. Right. If you love the EP, then, you know, you want to buy a copy. Here, here's a copy of the EP. You can, you know, buy it for 25% off. Or uh, here's a T-shirt that I, you know, that I usually only give out live, but this week I'll let you buy it online. You know, mm-hmm. so you can do things to kind of test the waters and say, okay, how much does my audience really, like, get down with me? You know? Mm-hmm. That's the um that's the key with like these these um online businesses nowadays where it's like, okay, it's it's a funnel. But the the one number that really matters is, okay, how many sales am I getting? Right. And I mean, if he's not signed, you don't have to only sell music on iTunes. You can sell it on your website, you can sell it on Bandcamp, you can sell it, you know, wherever. It's right. like I'm looking at your looking at your uh page now if I keep it up is on CD baby mm-hmm. um, but you definitely you're going to want to especially if you're running Facebook ads you need to get that website back up because it exists kcl.com I just don't I don't like it um, you know he took advantage of some free site builder or something or something yeah. like that well, when I looked it up, it actually says the domain is not connected. I guess it was Wix, and so it's it's not up at all anymore. KCL dot com. No, it, it's working. Really? Maybe yeah. this. Let me try. It's, I clicked on it from. Oh yeah, no. It's, unless it's like a different URL, I'll just type in Casey K A S E Y, then Yale. Y-A-L-E dot com. And it says, it brings the Wix homepage. It says, looks like this domain isn't connected to a website yet. It's still, I'm, that's weird. 
I'm on it right now. This feels strange. Huh. How long ago did you guys um, update the website? Um, this is something on his end. I don't really handle this. Uh, but um, uh, the last time I logged in to change something on his site for to collect emails, mm-hmm. we give away a free download if you put in your email. And that was maybe a month ago, two months ago. Try if you're at a computer, try opening it in an um on like an incognito window, and then just type in the page and see what comes up. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it still works. Huh. That's weird. On my end, it doesn't. But um, oh, that's not good. So I mean, that's. I don't typically recommend Wix. I've heard people are saying it's you know it's better now than it was back in the day. Um, but I'm like, if you if you're trying to do like an all-in-one or like a site builder type thing, um, Banzoogle is decent. Uh, Squarespace is better. Um, WordPress is what I'd recommend, but they don't have like that drag and drop functionality like a site builder does. So I think Squarespace is probably the next best thing. But what you're going to want to do is make sure you install that Facebook pixel on that website. And that's how you you can track, okay, how many people are coming to my website from Facebook? And then you can retarget people that are going to that website and then you can start to see a better return on those ads because not only is it just that, you know, there are people that are interested in you, but they're familiar with you. And so then when you pop up on their feed, they're more likely to stop because they've seen you before. Right. Okay. And I want to just look. And... How many? How often is he playing these live shows? They're not a live shows in this essence that like people are coming out to see him. Like he's performing at the karaoke bar that um, that I used to work at as a bouncer when I met him. Okay. So he would go up, and we have a, of course, because I used to work there. Like we have that relationship with the staff. They'll actually pull up his song off of YouTube. And like let him perform along with it at the karaoke bar for like you know a hundred drunk people. Mm-hmm. So here's what I think. I think if you guys doing the worldwide audience um, is working well, then what you're gonna want to do make sure the website's up, make sure the infrastructure is up and is running well. And then keep running ads to that worldwide audience, but run them like to your website. And then, or even run them on a video, like Facebook does the custom audiences. So you can do a custom audience of people that watched 10 seconds of your video, for example. And then you can make a lookalike audience from that custom audience and say, okay, I want 1% of the population are people that are just like the people that watched my video for this long. And then you can layer on top of that, but live in the L.A. area. So my question is, um, what do I want from these people, these fans? Like, what is my desired goal? Like you said at the end of the day, as long as you're getting phone calls and, and, and 
um, moving units of your book that you feel like, you know, it's a success, you know, but um, for, for things on my end, when I'm advertising for these, like, okay, so we have this music video coming out. What is the action that I want people to take? Because if I want them to download something, you know, I don't know. Maybe people aren't into downloading. Maybe they just want to stream it. But I, I don't know. I don't know what I want from them, to be honest. Right. So, at the, the I guess the the smart ass answer is you want money from them, right? So at the core, you want more business. That's if you're in the music business, the goal is to make money. Right, but how do you how are you going about that? I guess is is the 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 better the better question to ask. And money can be made in the music business a number of ways, right? You can you know perform live shows for money. So at one point, you know, so then depending on and your goal is going to change depending on what you're doing at the moment, right? Your objective, I should say, the goal is always to make money. But your objective can change from campaign to campaign, right? So maybe he's playing a show. Then if he's playing a show, then your goal is to sell tickets, right? So you want to layer your ads in a way to where the end goal is, hey, buy my ticket now. You know, um, in general, you want people on your email list. But even with an email list, your goal is to kind of squeeze money out of it. So your goal then is sales whether it's selling merchandise, whether it's selling a copy of your CD, whether it's getting streams on iTunes. Obviously, streaming is a little bit trickier because it's like you you have to have so many more streams to make a decent amount of, amount of money. Right? So to do all of that work to acquire a fan and just send them to Spotify doesn't really make sense. Right, so, that's what I'm saying. So doing the... So if you're going to be doing the direct-to-fan strategies with these Facebook ads, then what you want to do is at the very least say, hey, buy my EP. It's $3 on my website, right? And that's not super a super compelling offer either. So it's like, you know, because you, your fans want something that they can't get anywhere else, right? If I spend $3 for your EP, now I've got to download it, unpack this zip file, load it into my iTunes, if right. I'm even using iTunes, right. and then that'll upload it to my library, then I can stream it from my phone. That's, right. It's like 17 million steps to get from that three-minute or $3 sale to, you know, it actually providing this value for me. Right. So if you're doing direct-to-fan, it's not because you're selling music. It's because you're selling an experience. So... There are a lot of different creative ways to to create an experience for your fans. You can uh, you can sell like a membership to like um, your website, and let's say once a week you post a song that you don't post anywhere else inside that membership. Um, you can you know if it's if it's um, physical copies, let's say you get a hundred copies of a CD pressed up, and they're not available anywhere else, and they're signed. So if you want a signed copy of my CD, uh, here, it's $10 on the web store, you know. Um, here's a mug. Here's here's a, a T-shirt. Here's a beanie. Or here's some shades with my logo on them because, you know, it's, it's pop. So it's like there are a number of things you can sell 
music is probably going to be the last on that list, but it's all driven by the music. Right. I feel like that's what Takashi 6 9 was all about. Right. Um, yeah. I, I feel like the music was a vehicle for everything else. Yeah. So um, what I'm, I'm going to um, – I'm going to send you a copy of my book when we're, when we're done with this call, and it's free. Um, oh, thank but, you. No problem. But I, I want you to really understand the, the super fan journey. Right, like the the fan funnel, because mm-hmm. it's it's very easy, especially when we talk about like you know all the online marketing stuff that's available now. It's very easy to waste a bunch of money and get nowhere. And so you've got to make sure the fans are following a logical path that actually leads somewhere that makes sense for you. Right, yeah. so it can be. In the general sense, it's, you know, to go from a stranger to super fan, right, they're going to, they might hear your song somewhere. It might be on the radio, might be, you know, on Spotify, SoundCloud, whatever. They hear your song, they'll come to your Facebook. Now they're a casual, a casual listener. They've seen you once or twice. Your song comes on, they'll probably listen to it. Not much more than that, right? Now if they like your Facebook page, man, cool. They're still, they're still a casual, there's not, there's not much. I don't have to put much effort into pressing the like button on a page, right? Right. What I do have to put effort into is giving you my email address. That's a real decision I have to make. Do I want this guy emailing me? So then, yeah, so then the next step, the, the goal for you should be, that once I get somebody on my Facebook page, how do I get them on my email list? Typically, the answer to that is, let me find a way to get them on my website for something. Once they're on my website, the Facebook pixel picks them up. Then I can do a retargeting ad. Hey, get these extra songs from my EP that aren't available anywhere else. I need nowhere to send them, so give me your email address. Mm-hmm. Right? Now that they're there, if they put their email address in that form, they are clearly interested in what you have to offer, whatever it may be. And that is the best time to strike. That's when I would officially call them a fan, is when they're on your email list. Now that they're a fan, now that's when you tell them, okay, thank you for, you know, taking interest in me. This is who I am. I'm Casey Gale. I make this type of music. This is why. You know, you can do that in a series of emails. It doesn't have to be like this one long message, right? But, you know, um, this is who I am. This is why I make the music that I make. Um, here's a here's a demo of something I did a while back just so you can see how far I've come, right? Like, nurture them. Find, help them get to know you. It's like if you meet somebody at a bar, right, and, you know, you do, like, some small talk, you know, to try to get them to either come home with you, which if that's if you're really ambitious, or for most normal people, oh, let me get your number or follow me on Facebook or whatever the new thing is, right? Um, but... Once they do make that connection with you, now it's about, okay, what do I say to this person to make them more interested, right? Let me, you know, let's learn more about each other. Let me tell them about my life story, whatever. And, you know, the more you go through with that person, the more you feel like you guys have a connection. So then when you do make that next step and say, hey, let's go on a date, it makes sense. Right. It's just the next logical step in the process. As so, opposed to just walking up to a random person saying, hey, let's go out. 
Exactly. Exactly. So then if you've got somebody on your email list, that's an important first step. That's like, okay, I've, I've agreed to go out with you on a date, right? So now these emails that you're sending, it could be a weekly thing, like because you got a you got a video you put out this week or whatever, or it can just be like I have a bunch of videos in the stash. You're new, so I'm gonna send these to you one by one until you're caught up, right? And they learn more and more about you. It's like going on a second, a third, a fourth date or whatever, right? Now, I've, inevitably, people are gonna fall off. Somebody's gonna join your email list, read the first two emails, and never read another one, right? Don't be concerned with that. The thing is, okay, who's going to follow you all the way through the steps, you know? And, you know, while you're sending those emails, give them away. If they're clearly interested, give them a way to prove that. Like like when I was on, on the podcast, I said, hey, by the way, um, I'm giving out three spots. If you want to do a consultation, email me. So, you know, somebody else may, may have taken some convincing, right? But for you, it was, oh, let me jump on that. I'll go ahead and email him, right? All the other people that got the offer are still on my email list, you know, but you took advantage of it before they did. Mm -hmm. So, you know, so you give them the opportunity to support you early. Again, with this, it's always it's going to be important for you guys to have something for sale, whether it's a T-shirt, a mug, um, an album, something, um, because if you're paying for an audience, then you've got to get some kind of a return out of it which is not to say you're going to even break even, but at least you, you know what's working and what's not. And if all the stuff that all the steps that your fans are taking don't cost them any money, then it's difficult to tell what's really working. Because all that other stuff is passive, you know? Like, mm-hmm. people can follow me all they want. People can read my emails all they want. But if I say, hey, by the way, I just wrote a book and it's for sale, and none of them buy it, then my whole year was in vain, mm. you know, because that what that tells me is all the stuff that I've been sending them wasn't effective for a whole year because if it was, then they would know, hey, I can trust this guy. He knows what he's talking about when it comes to music and marketing and growing an audience. So like, the way it should work is by the time you try to sell somebody something, they're, like, salivating for it. They're like, right. Oh, I've been waiting for this. I want this. That's what I'm trying to figure out. Yeah. And so with music, it's we 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 like music because it, it connects with us, right? It's, mm-hmm. It either it, it helps you escape or it reminds you of something that you love, right? Mm-hmm. Like you know what music was playing on your first date unless you were high, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's – there's some things that just mean way more to you. Like, I'm going to see The Lion King when it comes out because I remember how I, much I loved it when it came out when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, there's there's 30-year-olds there's 30, there's 30 who were 15 when Justin Bieber first came out. Maybe not. That's a long time ago, right? But my point is there are people who now are of the age where they can afford a concert ticket they might be in college and they can, you know, make those decisions without their parents, right? Mm-hmm. But they, they've been fans of Justin Bieber since he was 13, and they were little and had to beg their parents for a ticket, mm-hmm. right? And so now whenever Justin Bieber's like, oh, I'm going on tour, they're like, yes, I'm going to be there, 
because it reminds them of when they were a kid. They've grown up with this artist. That's why Taylor Swift's audience is so powerful. That's why Beyonce's audience is so powerful. But mm-hmm. even with all that said, the tricky part is the fact that music is a luxury. Music is not a necessity. Like, for a lot of people, music is background noise. Right. Right. But to your fans, your music is like, it's life. It's, it's what they love. It helps get them through a hard day. Mm-hmm. And so it's hard to attach business to it, which is why record labels and stuff like that exist. Because most artists, if they know how to create effective art, they're probably not as good at the business side. Mm-hmm. But the key to that, the, the key to all of this is making that emotional connection because if I'm purchasing a song, that's, an, that's a completely emotional decision. There's no reason for me to purchase a song in 2018. Mm-hmm. Music is free. It's all over the Internet. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my start in the music business was working for um, Ninth Wonder. He's a music producer. Oh, um, you don't got to tell me who that is. Oh, got you. So, you know, my, that's, I, my start in the business was interning for him. Wow. He had just. He had just started uh, Jamla Records maybe like a couple years before. You're based in North Carolina, so that makes sense. Yes. And, um, you know, long story short, I had been following them for like six months or so prior to uh, even asking about the internship. But that was during the time where Rhapsody was just starting to pick up steam, like on the blogs and stuff, and I was a really big fan of Rhapsody. Um, I went to a show in Greensboro. This was 2011. Um, And I was in college, so I drove like five miles to the venue or whatever. Now, if you remember Jamla at this time, in 2011, they were putting out a project like every couple of months or so. And they were all, they were giving them all away for free. So I had every single Jamla project that existed already. But I went to this live show and I got to meet everyone. I bought a poster. The guy charged me $5 for the poster. Um, and I signed, or I got, you know, everybody that was in JAMLA to sign the poster. Um, I bought a copy of Rhapsody's CD. Um, I bought a T-shirt that Rhapsody was selling. Like, I bought a bunch of stuff. But wasn't and the CD free? Exactly. That is exactly my point. Mm-hmm. The CD, well, the the download was free. I could have gone on any blog and downloaded that CD. Right. And I already had it. It was already on my computer at home. Right, right. But it right. was like something about being at that show and seeing them live and stuff made me want to support them. Right. Because music is an emotional thing. Right. It's, it is an emotional connection there. And that's, that's your, your goal, you know, as an artist to affect people in that way. And, um, you know, that's that's the reason why she could be as successful as she was because, I mean, Jamla was not making a ton of money. Like, Jamla was being funded mostly by Nice Wonders royalties for producing for other artists. You know, they were playing these really small venues. They were getting paid a little bit here and there. But nobody was, like, making millions back then. 
Mm-hmm. You know, now she's signed to Rock Nation and things are looking a little bit more steady and stuff like that. Like, it, it makes more sense. But she quit her job way before the Rock Nation deal came. Right. Because she was able to support herself with uh, touring. She would go overseas oh, and play that's shows. Great. That's you great. Know, and you know, she one was, of my favorite artists from that area is uh, Fonte. Yeah. Man. Oh man, foreign exchange. Talk about getting me through college. That's that's that right there. Yeah. And um, so then, did you have you listen to the podcast? Right. You know, I had um, I had Amy Flint on episode one. I don't know who podcast. that is. Amy Flint is the director of operations for the foreign exchange. No way. So, yeah. So the group is Fonte and Nicolet. Right. And if you ever go to a foreign exchange show, you've probably seen Amy. She's usually the one selling the merch. Wow. Um, yeah, I probably saw it because I went back and I, like, binged all your content, but I didn't recognize the name. Got you. But, yeah, so, I mean, if you if you go back and listen to that one, she it's literally episode one. But she talks about, like, just, you know, different tour stories and stuff like that. So that's a cool listen. But, yeah, so I, and to, to get back to our, our conversation or the topic was just, you know, with music, you're trying to connect with people to the point where, you know, you know, people always talk about, like, in an interview, they'll say, oh, yeah, man, somebody came up to me and told me my song kept them from committing suicide. Like, they have these super emotional stories because that's what music is, the emotional product. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you're a pop artist, you know, pop music is, is like, music that's really fun. So you're more likely to get those types of stories sometimes, like, oh, yeah, right. this, this this song got me through college, you know, this was my drinking song or whatever, who knows. Right. Um, but it's like it, there's there's a book. Um, it's called Influence by Robert Cialdini. And it's really a book about sales um, and, like, the – more than, like, being a book about sales, it's about, like, how the brain works. And like what goes into people's decision making, right? Yeah. But um, one of the uh, six psychological principles of influence is the idea of reciprocity. Like, if I do something good for you, then you're more likely to do something good for me. So, as an artist, if you I make see. a song that makes people feel good, and then you say, "Hey, if you don't mind, can you support me?" by buying the physical copy or whatever. Mm-hmm. They, your fans are more likely to be like, yes, I would love to because this song did such great things for me. And that is what I experienced at that concert. I went to the show. I was like, this is such a great show. I, I love this music. All, this is cool. I'm with my, you know, Night Wonder was my idol. As a, so that, at the time, I was a music producer. Right. So, like, I was already a super Night Wonder fan anyway. So I'm all overcome with the emotion, like, oh, I'm here. Nice wonders right across from me. Like, I got to talk to all these people. And that euphoria is like, okay, oh, how do I support this? How do I prove that I'm down, right? Oh, okay. They want, you know, you know, they're selling this stuff. I got some money. I'll buy it. And that's. Wow. You 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 have to prove that you were down. That's an interesting um, uh thing that uh, a phenomenon that I guess people experience in that situation right and it's, and I think 
you know, I when I say it like that, it sounds weird, right? But, you know, that's the that's why, you know, you I, mean, I don't know if you've seen, like, but people are buying these Rock Nation hats, and it's like they'll walk around with a Rock Nation hat as if they know Jay-Z or something, but it makes them feel like they're closer to the cause. It makes them feel like they're connected, you know? Um, I guess it's like with people with those MAGA hats. Exactly. It's mm-hmm. the same thing. Like, okay. Yeah, you might have voted for Donald Trump, right? Um, you know, I may have voted for whoever I voted for, right? But if I don't put the hat on, no one knows. Right. I just went to the booth and did whatever I did. But now if I put that red hat on, now everyone knows what I did. And I feel right. connected to anyone else that I see with that hat on. Right. Like, if you and I, like Fonte and Ninth Wonder tell the story of how they met. They both met, or they they spoke to each other because one of them had a Source magazine. And the other was like, oh, it's that. You read the Source too? Yeah, man. When people find things they have in common, it's, wow. it's, you know, that we build these relationships. So, and that's why somebody would spend money. I spent $50 that night. Right. But that's why somebody would spend money because now if I see somebody with a Rhapsody shirt on, especially the Rhapsody shirt that I have because that's a Rhapsody shirt from 2011 when nobody knew who Rhapsody was. And I see you with that shirt on, I'm like, oh, so you were down from the beginning like I was. Right. Um, yo, we got a lot to talk about. Remember this mm-hmm. or that track or whatever, right? And that's the type of experience you want to build with your music, like give your fans something to rally around. I think people get hung up on the idea of having fans it's not about you necessarily, right? right? But, like, if you have a big fan base, that's why, like, the Beehive is such a big thing, mm-hmm. you know? Beyonce's fans, yes, of course, they would all, like, drop dead and faint if Beyonce walked into the same room as them. But what more often happens is they connect with each other. Mm-hmm. I got a Beyonce shirt on. You got a Beyonce shirt on. Okay, now we're sisters, you know? Mm-hmm. You know, they love to attack people on social media for coming. Like, they have their own culture, their own norms, and Beyonce is, like, their semi-god or whatever. hmm Right. And so when you build your tribe, that's another good book, um, Tribe. I think it's Tribe. I think it's Tribes with an S. It's not it's just Tribe, but it's by Seth Godin. Um, mm. Her he, talks, he talks about... Um, you know, building an audience and really, like, catering to it, like, you know. And that's a lot A lot of what, you know, music is can really learn from, like, the best people in marketing. Because what you'll find is, like, this is stuff that music, the music industry has been doing but didn't put a name on it, didn't know that you could create processes around it and stuff like that. Um, but that's, that's your goal. I mean, I know, like, when I, cause when I asked you, you're like, yeah, it's not converting. I'm like, okay, what's well, the conversion? And you're like, um, I don't know. That's that's the that's the switch you've got to you've got to pull. You gotta, that's what you got to figure out, right? And so, I mean, like I said, I mean, obviously at the base, you want to make money, but the other the other uh, issue is that you're not the artist, right? Casey's the artist. Mm-hmm. Casey, and not it's not to say like to pit y'all against each other or anything like that. But Casey is the one that's got control over the website. Ultimately, if you're promoting Casey, and it's 
about what Casey wants to do. So what you guys have to have a conversation about is, you know, what kind of artist do you want to be? Is your goal to be touring arenas with your music? Do you want your song to just be on a TV show? Uh, do you want your song to be on the radio? Are you trying to be playing shows live? Like, what is it that you want to do? Because that, you know, those goals are going to determine what actions you take. You know, you know you've actually um, helped me to determine what a conversion would be. So I think, what and correct me if I'm wrong, Brandon, but you're telling me in order to make more money, I need to stop focusing on selling the music and start focusing more, at least initially, on providing emotional value through the music. Right. Uh-huh. And then once they lock in with that, um, the process becomes easier. Exactly. If okay. You, if you've got that connection with them, you can sell them just about anything, which is not to say that you need – like, I don't mean that in, like, some kind of deviant way, like, oh, sell them a wooden nickel or whatever. But, you know, like I said, I paid $5 for a poster. Now, at the time, the only reason I paid for it was because there was nothing for them to sign, right? But I, I know, I know they did that on purpose. Exactly. And it wasn't even Nice Wonder that was selling it. It was the tour. It was the show promoter, this guy mm-hmm. named Poe Mack. But um, right. What's funny is I'm friends with him on Facebook now. Like, but anyway, um, you know, I bought the paper. I bought, um, I bought a CD. I bought a shirt. Like I said, I spent fifty dollars on top of the ten dollars I spent to get into the show. Mm. To most other people, that was an irrational purchase. It didn't bring me any value. Specifically, the CD did not make sense for me to buy the CD, but it. It made sense to me because she signed it. You're you're making sense to me because being that like I run ads for like local businesses and stuff like that on Facebook, uh, like my mind is uh, geared towards the the hard sell. Is right. geared towards the um you you know what I mean. So when I'm dealing with musicians, which I care more about as a as a music producer and a songwriter, you know, I, I'm thinking, oh, let me let me uh, use that same language in the ads for the music. But mm-hmm. what I'm learning here is that, oh, oh no, my friend, that's not quite gonna work, and it hasn't worked at all. Monumental mm-hmm. failure, outside of the page likes. Got you. Yeah, and. I- Again, it's just, it's like marketing is marketing, but with music you're creating, like, it's it's not such wide swaths, right? Like, you can't say, okay, it's going to be white women aged 34 to 46 who shop at Target, right? Like, and then it's not as simple as saying, okay, cool, here's the newest cleaning product. Try this and your house will be fresh, you know? Because the reasons that we buy cleaning products are not the same reasons we buy music. There's 85,000 albums that came out yesterday. Wow. I might listen to two of them. Um, Only one of them that I listen to is going to get regular rotation. And even that regular rotation is only going to last until I find an album that I like better. Right. Right. 
it's completely emotional. Like when everything is free, that means you gotta you have to fight even harder for that attention because people don't value the music itself. They value you and the experience that you give them and right. the memories that are associated with you. So it's all that emotional stuff. If so, Kanye West releases uh-huh. an album, I'll listen to it at least once because Kanye was my favorite rapper when I was 13. Right. It's like you listen to it out of honor, respect for what he once was. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. So I'm thinking if I was to run an ad, um, or when I do run an ad in the two weeks when the song is distributed and the video is ready, mm-hmm. I think uh, the copy in the ad will read something closer in the vein of um, the song is called uh, Bad Choices. And it's mm-hmm. like a, it's a kind of like a, a groovy, upbeat kind of thing. So I think uh, the copy should be something along the lines of um, – don't feel bad. I'll, I'll be using the word feeling, you know, keywords. Feeling. Right. Don't feel bad for making bad choices. Just jam out to this instead. You know, what do you think about something like that? That sounds great. Okay. That that sounds great. Do you think there should be additional text there or information, or just is that me trying to hard sell again? Yeah, that's just you trying to hard sell again. So <laughs> with uh, with online marketing for music, it's going to be like it's going to be a multi-step process. Right. So you'll you'll get the one campaign, and that's strictly for engagements, likes and comments. Right. That's your only goal. How many people are seeing this? Who's clicking the like button? Who's commenting like, "Wow, I really love this song." Right. We're not gonna we're not gonna send them off of the Facebook platform. So if if you've got like a video for the song, great. That should be the post. If not, make like an audiogram video, although that's probably going to be a tougher sell for someone to sit on Facebook and listen to. So maybe do like a snippet, like moving pictures or something. But do something. Moving right? pictures, okay. Um, because even yeah, I'm like curious, a, not all of our songs have videos. So, and like our number one song has like, like 30,000 views on the Internet right now, and we don't have a video for it. And I've had a hard time trying to advertise that because it's not um, like I try to do things like where the image is like moving to the beat. I mean, it, in my opinion, it's kind of like it's hard to engage with something like. What would you say to that? Yeah, I, I agree. That's why I was I was, I was saying like, okay, maybe like a moving picture, but even that like the best way to promote a song on Facebook is going to be with the video. Um. The only exception is if you're promoting to people who are already fans, right. like who are already engaged, then they don't mind clicking onto the website or they don't mind pressing play and just sitting there because they know what to expect from you. But if you're trying to market to a cold audience, you're probably going to want to do that with the video. Uh, so, you know, the reason why I got introduced to you and your movement is because of your interview with Jens the Guru, who... Uh-huh who I only came across because of his ad on Instagram. I don't know if you've seen his ads on Instagram. Mm-hmm. But um, so because of him, anytime I see an ad on Instagram, I immediately go to their comments and check the engagement. And I noticed that um, the videos and not just the videos, but certain types of videos 
convert better with engagement with cold audiences. And when they do, like, the biggest mistake I see is they post the cover art for a song and expect right. people to just get excited. I don't, I don't know you. <laughs> exactly. I don't care about your amazing cover art. I mean, it really would have to be super just crazy, never been seen before to, to convert, I think, a cold audience. Right. Like what I what what will catch my attention a little bit more, you know, I have like that animated cover art. Right, I've been like, learning how to do that. I don't know how to do it. I don't know either, but like it's like it looks like a static image, but right. then like clouds are moving out of nowhere. It's like oh, these clouds right. are moving, but then once I get over that gimmick, I'm still gonna swirl. But yeah. <laughs> you've got that two and a half seconds while the cloud is moving to catch my attention. And if I hear a song, I'm like oh, this what does this sound like? That might be enough. You know? Yeah, maybe. That's called a cinegraph, by the way, but. Oh. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. That's. I'm thinking, um, even if I was, because I have a decent camera, um, mm -hmm. even if I was to take that, let's say we're not doing a music video, maybe just like a, uh in studio performance, but the actual track is playing just long enough. For the snippet, like thirty seconds or fifteen or whatever, do mm -hmm. you think something like that would would get by? It's possible. The only thing is, like with a cold audience, I just I'm really wary about trying to send them off the platform that they were they came for. Right? Like if I'm scrolling on Instagram, no matter how good the song is, well, I I can't say that, but for most people, if I don't know the song. Or like if I get if I don't know who that person is, there's about there's about, there's next to nothing that they can do to make me click to their Instagram profile and then to the link in their bio, right? To check out the song. Right. On Facebook, I might. Right. But your goal should be to interrupt their experience as little as possible. Okay. You know? So it's like that's why I'm like, okay, if you've got a um, – now, again, once you've got the person, they already click like on your page or whatever, or if they're on your email list, yeah, send me an email that says, hey, you can watch this on YouTube. Like, I think you're on my email list. So when I send the podcast out every week, it's you can listen on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or just on my website. Right. Give them all the options. Let them pick what's most convenient because it's an email. They're not expecting to stay in their inbox. But if I'm on Facebook, it's because I wanted to be on Facebook, you know? But if I do the video, um, like, you know, in-studio performance with the artist, but it's not – I'm saying I use the audio from the actual track, and they're just lip-syncing for 15 yeah. seconds. Um, it would be in the ad. I wouldn't be sending them anywhere. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's cool. My, I guess my question is, why are you doing that for 15 seconds as opposed to just making it like the full thing? Um, that's to make a full video, man. Um, just the the investment. I don't think. I don't know. Am I capable of doing that? I don't know. So, with quality, yeah, you know, it's true. Like, well, quality is overrated. I think in the online thing. Ooh, we just dropped something right there. I, you know, I think the, and the reason I say that is because most of the stuff that goes viral on Facebook is not right. super well produced. Right. Right. Okay. 
And so it's like you could get you could get by holding up an iPhone as long as it's a well lit room right. for five minutes or however long the song is while the guy lip syncs. And as long as you replace that audio with the audio from the track, that's just as good, I'd say, as a music video for the purposes of Facebook. Now, if you want to do an official video later and send people to your YouTube and stuff, or even upload it back to Facebook, that's fine. But mm-hmm. it's like if I see a video of a guy, like I don't know if you've been, I don't know what kind of ads people target you with on Facebook, but there's this guy that's been popping up on my feed that's like in his bedroom or something using this live looping machine to make like the most ridiculous songs. Like one was like, show me that ass or something crazy like that. Oh, like, that was a beautiful song, man. I love that record. <laughs> and so it's like, you know, it's a nerdy white guy, but again, oh, he's, he's in his bedroom. He's probably got a GoPro set up. There's not a bunch of cuts or anything. There's no jump cuts. It's like a straight-through video with the audio right. uh, mixed well. And, I mean, that thing is doing numbers. Yeah, he messed up, though, because he didn't um, put, like, branding in the video because I saw it on Twitter. Somebody oh, retweeted yeah. it organically. Somebody retweeted it. And I mm-hmm. have no idea of finding out who he is. Um, see, I don't know what the guy's name is. I I clicked his like page on Facebook, so I could probably find it and send it to you. But, yeah, like, you know, stuff like that works really well on Facebook. So I wouldn't put mm-hmm. a whole bunch of stock in, oh, it's not produced well enough. Uh, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. So. That takes a lot of weight off, a lot of pressure off of this process. Yeah, man. I mean, what I think the the biggest thing that most artists need to learn is to stop trying to emulate things they see major artists do. Like, hmm. Taylor Swift got a music video, so I need a music video. You know, that's what this is what Jay-Z did, so I should do that, too. And right. it's like... What works for JV is not what's going to work for you. Not because you guys are just worlds apart, but you can't do things differently and still see results. You know? Right. Just because JV did it one way doesn't mean that's the only way to do it. I guess that's the better way to put that. Interesting. So, yeah, I think as far as action items for you guys, it's going to be, you know, how do I monetize this? You know, find ways. And I only put so much emphasis on monetization because you guys are spending so much money in Facebook ads. Because if you're going to keep spending money and not seeing a return, eventually somebody's going to get burnt out or your faith in the project may not last. Right. right? And that could cause you guys to fall out. So, you know, if you're spending money, at least give yourself the opportunity to make something back. Even if you're only making, like, $25. Right. At least that gives you the goal of $45 for next month. And you can start to see how you're trending against that. But right now, if it's just like, oh, I got a bunch of Facebook likes, but no, nothing else. Then, you know, that just sounds exhausting. And it's like, why am I doing this? So um, you guys look into ways to monetize, whether it's selling the music, selling um, tickets to shows. Uh, You know, that's a whole different strategy, getting him. Showed. I mean, you guys are in L.A. I'm sure that's super competitive, but there's yeah. got to be more places where you can, like, maybe sign up as an opening act or do, like, open mic type stuff outside of the one karaoke bar 
and, you know, start building the list of people. Uh, you know, if he's on the stage, say, hey, I'm uh, I'm Casey, and if you want more of this, I've got a sign-up sheet in the back. You can join my email list. That way you'll be notified whenever I have new content um, or when I'm doing another show in the area, I'll let you guys know. And right. that way you can start to keep track of, okay, how many people are really interested in me after they see me live? Right. So do that, and that'll make it easier for you guys to – I mean, because after a while you start to get analytics and data – from your website and stuff. And again, I'm going to send you the book so you have a little bit more clarity about this too. Um, but then you can say, okay, my fans are from this age to this age, male, female, whatever. And they'll probably enjoy if I sell them a pair of flip flops. Right. And so then you can find a service, sell some flip flops. Mm-hmm. Now I've got some money to put into these ads or whatever it is, you know? Facts. Okay. Yeah, that's going to be the challenge, just figuring something to sell. Yeah. So um, find something to sell. Maybe, you know, you mean you're doing music production, producing for other artists, um, you know, doing mixing and stuff like that. Um, but you, you guys have got to find a way to put some revenue into that project or you're going to fizzle out. Right. Um, and once you've got a decent revenue stream, the goal is predictable revenue. I don't particularly care um, how much the revenue is, but if I can, it's so valuable for me to be able to say I make $200 a month, for example, um, from this medium, right? And so if I'm like, okay, I made $200 a month from selling T-shirts at my live show, now I can say, all right, I know I've got that coming every month. What else can I invest in and start to see returns from that as well? So then it can be, you know, if you're using, if you're doing Spotify playlisting, then after a while you're going to start to see a check from Spotify or your distributor every month. Right. CD Baby is going to say, oh, there's $50 in your account that came from your streams this month. Okay, now I've got $250 a month. How can, right. we, how can we make that more? Right. Facebook ads is very tempting because all the online gurus tell you you can spend a dollar a day and make $100 a day. But the reality is it's it's not necessarily true. And even in the cases where it is true, there's quite the ramp-up period to make it happen. Right. So, you know, I'd say be careful with that. But it's, I mean, you've seen how powerful it can be. I love Facebook ads because, you know, I can reach literally thousands of people for not that much money. But in order for me to do that, I have to already know some things about my audience. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. Um, I'd say once you guys kind of get a handle on, okay, who is it that likes us? What do they like about us? Even if you're not making any money, at least you have, like, that insight is valuable. You know, it's priceless even. Because that's what you can take and say, all right, if I've got people who like this artist, that's who likes me, now I know I can go on Facebook and say, all right, Give me fans of Post Malone who live in these zip codes and show them this video. Right. And if they click that like button, that's an affirmation that you're doing something right. And eventually, you're going to make an offer to those people, hey, come out and see me live. Even if it's like, hey, come out and see me live at the karaoke spot. You're going to go to the karaoke spot one day, and it's going to be full. You're like, oh, snap. Now I can take these numbers and go to 
you know, the local venue that's the big thing or the next best thing in the area and say, hey, I've got 300 people that want to come see me live. Let's do a Let's do a date. Right. You know, and now you're making more money from the live show and you've graduated out of that karaoke spot. And so, I mean, everything builds on each other. It's all a part of an integrated campaign. Wow. You got my wheel spinning, man, because well, you said you recorded the conversation, right? Yes. Because I feel like there's going to be things that I pick up later. Yeah, I'm going to send, I'm going to send this to you when we're done. And, uh, well, it's about time to wrap up now. Did you have any last minute questions, though? No, not that I can, see. Yeah, not that I can think of. I mean, you definitely, um, gave me a lot of food for thought. Okay. Cool. Well, again, I appreciate you reaching out to me. Um, I appreciate you being a listener to the podcast. You know, I started the show six months ago and didn't really know if anybody would listen. Um, but you know, you're proving that people are. So I appreciate that and I'm glad that I could, you know, give you some insight and help you, you know, kind of get, get your wheels spinning and think about strategies to move forward. Of course. Yeah, man. Thank you for putting out the content. I look forward to what you got in the future. Oh, no problem, man. No problem. And that is it for the peak inside our consulting program. Um, so, I mean, that's a full hour conversation. And anytime you book a consultation with me, that's what you get. We talk about the things that you want to talk about. What's your strategy? I'll look over your Instagram, your social media, your website, whatever you you know need help with at that moment. And we'll really drill down and let's get to the bottom of what you're doing and why you're doing it. And let's let's maybe think about some different ways that we can achieve the goals that you have set for yourself. So, again, if you are interested in that, then you can go to kdmr.us slash coach me and um, I'll be happy to assist you Um, until next time. If you love the show, please leave us a rating, leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you may be listening to this. Uh, Please share the podcast with a friend and don't forget to subscribe and I will see you in the next episode next week. Peace.